Amen. Is anybody on their way tonight? Has he turned anybody's life around? Did he pick you up out of the miry clay and set your feet on a solid rock? Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Amen. I'm thankful for what the Lord has done. Amen. 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 Thank you for your faithfulness to the house of the Lord tonight. Amen. I am so thankful to be here. There's no place that I would rather be. No place. Amen. If you would turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Samuel chapter 23. 2 Samuel chapter 23. Amen. While you're turning there, I want to say I felt so strongly the last few weeks, but especially last night in prayer. And if you were not here last night for prayer, I don't know what to tell you, but you missed it. It was such a wonderful spirit of the Lord in this place. And it was waves. You would rejoice one moment and weep one moment and laugh one moment and shout one moment. It was just kept sweeping in waves. And it was the wonderful, wonderful spirit in this place last night. I do not claim to be a prophet because that is some big words to say, but I will say that I am going to declare tonight that some of you have lost loved ones that are coming back home. Amen. Do you believe that tonight? Sons and daughters, mothers, fathers, brothers, sisters, friends that are coming back home. Amen. We're about to get into a building that has a lot more seats, but I believe that by the time all of our family members are back in those seats, we're going to need another building for the people that aren't our family and our friends. Amen. God is going to do it. Second Samuel chapter 23, begin reading verse 11. After him was Shammah, the son of Aji, the Heretite. And the Philistines were gathered together into a troop where was a piece of ground full of lentils. And the people fled from the Philistines. But he stood in the midst of the ground and defended it and slew the Philistines. And the Lord wrought a great victory. Shama took the stand. Shama defended. And the Lord wrought a great victory. Tonight, for just a little while, I want to talk to you on the subject that is burdened on my heart this evening. A hill of beans worth fighting for. A hill of beans worth fighting for. Can we go to the Lord in prayer right now? Father, we love you tonight. God, I pray right now that you would help me, Lord, to speak this word. God, the way that you would desire. God, I pray right now for that anointing that we heard this morning. God, that it would be poured on top of my head right now. God, that I would declare the word of the Lord. God, that someone would receive this word. That someone would stand boldly tonight. 
God and fight, oh God, for their field. Fight for their family. Fight for their future. Fight for their own soul. God, I pray tonight that you would move in a mighty way and do what only you can do. In the wonderful name of Jesus, we pray and believe. And everyone said, Amen. Praise God. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise tonight. Amen. You can be seated this evening. Amen. Maybe this is not something that is expressed everywhere and we say things probably in the south that no one else in the entire world says. But tonight when I say it doesn't amount to a hill of beans, we know that that means that it is not worth anything. In fact, the definition of hill of beans is something of trifling value. Virtually nothing at all. The mundane bean has for at least eight centuries been regarded as the epitome of worthlessness. I've heard that in olden days when they did not have money for groceries, they would make a comment and say, well, it looks like we're going to be eating beans for dinner. There once was an old song that said, it's the Navy that gets the gravy, but the Army gets the beans. It was being said that the Navy gets menus and different dishes to try, whose plates are decorated with all fancy foods, but the Navy gets all of those blessings, and the Navy gets all of those wonderful things, but the Army gets measly little old beans. We are living in a world today that seems to devalue just about everything. If the human body is not the perfect magazine-ready body, it has no value. If you do not make this amount of money each year, then you have no value. If you do not believe the way that I believe, then your opinion has no value. People value things. They value their cell phone, their homes, their cars more than they do their own family. People value things that make them feel good instead of the things that are moral and right. Value to me has a different meaning than it does to you. If we were to go around tonight and ask what you think is valuable, there would be things that you thought were a big deal that I would not. And there would be things that I think are a big deal that you were not. But regardless of what we think... There are very big deals when it comes to living for the Lord that some would say is not a big deal. There are people who try to devalue right living. They say things like, well, that was the Old Testament. Well, that was then and this is now. Well, our our culture has changed. Time has changed and and we're evolving and, and things are different now. We take that and we equate that to mean that because all of that may be true, that that is the end of that. That that is all there is to it because that was then, then it's it's over and done with. And because we're outdating that and we're no longer living in those days, that it's it's no longer important in a value. But Jesus tells of some people in Matthew chapter 5 who talk this way. And he had a response for them. 
Matthew 5, verse 21. I'm going to read from the NLT in a couple of these just so you can get your minds around it. But it says, you have heard that our ancestors were told you must not murder. If you commit murder, you are subject to judgment. That's what you've heard about those days. Verse 22 says, but I say, if you are even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. Verse 27 says, you have heard that in times past, the commandment that says you must not commit adultery. But I say, anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Verse 38 says, you have heard that it had been said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, or revenge for the things that we want to get revenge on. But I say unto you that ye resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn to him the other also. Verse 43, he said, ye have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate their enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. What are you saying? I am saying there are a lot of people who look at this life, both Christians and non-Christians, who think because times have changed and seasons have changed and we are far more advanced now, that there are things that are not really of value. It's just a hill of beans. It's really not that big of deal. But if they said one thing then, you better really buckle up now. Now is what Jesus was saying. He said, if they were saying that then, well, this is what I am saying now. And I have not lessened it. I have made it more impactful. I have made it more serious. I want you to get a hold of what I am saying. If it was bad then, then it's really bad now. If you were doing this then, you can't even do it this way now without it being wrong. I want to show you we're not, we're not walking backwards here. We're moving forwards and if you want to make it into the kingdom of God there are steps you're going to take and it's going to take some sacrifice it's going to take you getting down and praying and saying I'm not doing this but I'm not even doing that because I want to make sure that I am right with God if they thought it was wrong then then now we really better start taking things seriously If there were elders and ministers of the gospel who have gone on now, who preach this word with passion and with fire and fasted for days and prayed for days. And they said, I feel like this is wrong. And for us now to say, well, I really don't think it's wrong when we haven't prayed for five minutes about it. We are walking with our flesh and not our spirit. We are seeing with our own eyes and what we want to do and how we want to live. But there were elders who took a stand at a lentil field that said, I know it may not seem like a big deal to you, but it's everything to me. It's everything to me. And I am going to stand here and fight for it. I'm going to declare the word of the Lord. I am going to face every adversary that comes against me. I'm going to live this word and preach this word. 
But if they thought it was wrong, then who am I to question their prayers and their dedication and their fasting based on how I want to live and how I feel and what the times are saying and the seasons are saying. There are some things that no matter how old we get, how efficient we get, how smart we get, they never lose their value. They do not depreciate. My one dollar bill that has been passed around every offering plate in North America is still worth one dollar. It does not matter how old it is. It does not matter how used it is. What it looks like does not matter. It still has value. You hear me tonight. I don't care what you've been through. I don't care what you look like tonight. I don't care how many people have hurt you. How many pockets you've been cheated into and out of. I've come to tell you tonight. You still have value. There is still purpose for your life. God still wants to use you. I know many people believe that there is coming a day where we will not use cash anymore. And they have debit cards and gift cards, some with chips and Apple Pay and PayPal and text to give and all kinds of ways that you can send money around today. But I don't care what anyone says, until it quits working, it still has value. You can tell me prayer doesn't work, but you've come too late to tell me that. Because I know it still has value. I know there have been some praying people in this church. Brother Dwayne, not one, but two have been healed of cancer. Two have been declared pretty much cancer free. In this church, you can't tell me that God is not a prayer answer. God, you can't tell me that prayer no longer has value. We still serve a prayer answering God. He's still doing it. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. You can tell me that God isn't really all bad and he doesn't save and he doesn't deliver. But I know that he does. If it is not cool today to love Jesus, then I do not want to be cool. I don't care what everyone else is doing. I don't care that you don't get why I stand for the things the way I do. I don't care if you look at me and mock me for guarding beans, little old measly beans, but they are my beans. I stand here today to declare that I fight because they're mine, because they belong to me. It may be a heap of nothing to you, but you don't don't know the value of this to me. Until prayer quits working, I'm going to pray. Until fasting doesn't work, I'm going to keep on fasting. Until reading His Word doesn't speak life anymore, I'm going to keep reading. But you hear me tonight, it's not going to stop, so neither am I. God is still a prayer answering God. He still honors us when we fast and we destroy that flesh and allow our spirit to live and this word still speaks life there are many who look at this life we are living they are like the people in Matthew 5 well we have heard that it was said of them of old time thou shalt not kill and whosoever shall kill then they shall be in danger of judgment we heard that that was outdated now We have heard that things have changed. We have heard that we are living in a different world now. 
But Jesus said unto them, what they said in old time is in fact outdated. Because now I say, not only do you not kill, but now I say, don't even be angry without a cause. Jesus said, I want someone to know we are not going backwards. We are going forwards. I know it may not seem like a big deal to you, but it is a big deal to me. That was just the way that the elders preached that. That was just the seeds that grandpa planted. It's just a hill of beans. It's, it's not worth much to me. Their opinions don't matter anymore. After all, they are in their grave. And I have heard people say and laugh and bless God, they would roll over in their grave if they ever knew you did that. They would roll over in their grave if they ever heard you say that. Well, I imagine over the years there have been a lot of rolling going on about six feet deep because there are people who poured blood, sweat into tears into things and they died living this truth and living this gospel and they have watched as others came in and said, I'm not fighting for that hill of beans. I'm not fighting for those things that are really worthless and useless. There are people who fought and died for all of that and it meant something to them. They were not just old men on a soapbox. It doesn't take all of that now, they say. Even preachers are saying it today. His ways have not changed. He still calms the storm and the sea. He still delivers and heals and sets the captives free. Well, they say, well, well holiness doesn't matter anymore and, and living right doesn't really matter anymore because we're saved by grace and God is a God of love and mercy and he is all of those things but there are some things that are still valuable we say well well, we get to pick the parts of holiness that are convenient for our lifestyle choices this is not a pick three combo folks this is the established word of God whether we like it or not it has things in here that says thou shalt and thou shalt not it says thou shalt have no other gods before me. It says thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy strength. It says thou shalt. You ought to do it. You're going to do it. You need to do it. All the above. That's what the word of the Lord says. Holiness is holiness. He said be ye holy. For I am holy. He said, without it, no man shall see the Lord. Holiness is still right. And its definition is not up for debate. Holiness is not in question. Your opinion about holiness really does not matter. If God said it was wrong, it is still wrong today. It doesn't matter what man says. It doesn't matter what the preacher says. The only thing that matters is what the word of the Lord says. And he said sin is sin. Holiness is holiness. It matters, folks, and it's worth fighting for. You better stand up every chance you get. Every time the enemy tries to back you in a corner and put you on the spot and question what you believe and said it's not a matter of what I believe. It's truth. 
It's truth. It's truth. If God said it was good, Peter, then you quit arguing with God and just accept that if he said it is clean, then it is clean. Holiness is still right. It still looks good on the outside and it still looks good on the inside. Quit worrying about what everyone else thinks when you need to be concerned with what this word says. I say today it may seem small to you, but Shama, it's worth fighting for. I know it may seem very little to you, but it's a big deal to God. He only gets two scriptures in the entire word of God. But God made sure it was in there because he wanted someone to know there are little things or what the world would call little things that are worth fighting for. These worthless things that the world puts a label on, they are worth not only fighting for, but they are worth dying for. For the word of God says in Romans 5 and 8, but God commendeth his love toward us. And that while we were yet sinners, while we were just a hill of beans, while we didn't matter, while we had no value, Christ died for us. You hear me tonight, having a pure heart is still right. Being dressed modestly is still right. Having the right spirit is still right. Fleeing youthful lust is still right. Living soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world is still right. Well, my magazine said this. Well, my mom said this. Well, well, I, I feel this, and the news is saying that. All I want to know is what did he say? How does he feel about it? What would Shama do? Shama would say, I know it doesn't look like much. I know other people are probably out there pointing and laughing at me because I look like a crazy man out in the middle of a bean field with my sword. But I am fighting for what is mine. There are some things that are still a shame and I'm going to stand and declare that it is still a shame. I don't care what the church down the road is doing. I don't care if my neighbor's going to go defend his lentil field or not. I'm going to stand and fight for mine. I don't care if the church down the road says, well, it really doesn't matter. They can have the beans. They just can't have this. I'm telling the enemy, you can't have any of it because it belongs to me. As for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. Don't have that scripture hanging in the hallway of your home if you're not going to really believe that and live that. You hear me tonight, the one God message is not up for debate and it is worth fighting for. You don't have to fight, it speaks for itself. It will prove itself. The Bible says there is one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. John said that there was a word that was God, and that word became flesh and dwelt among men. God robed himself in flesh. It was not Jehovah Junior, it was God himself. He was not some cruel God that sent his son to die. He said, I am going to become that fleshly body and I am going to 
lay my own life down willingly. Don't you let anybody confuse you in that. There is only one God and he has a name and his name is Jesus. Jesus. Jesus is his name. I know other people don't think it matters, but it matters. The Bible says neither is there salvation in any other name. If it's the only way, you better believe I'm going to fight for it. If it's the only thing in my field, then you better believe I'm going to fight for it. You say, what does it matter? It matters because there are people out there who want to keep pushing us back. They want to keep pushing further and further until we have given them everything. But I say tonight, it may seem like nothing to somebody tonight, but it is worth fighting for. Our doctrine is worth fighting for. Our rights are worth fighting for. Our marriages are worth fighting for. Our family is worth fighting for. Our co-workers are worth fighting for. Our neighborhood is worth fighting for. I know the world mocks it. I know they make a big joke about the way we live and how we live. And they hear who we are and they've got all kinds of jokes. All cool, all cool little names that they like to call us and that's fine. But you hear me, do not let them back you into a corner and push you out of your bean field. You stand your ground and you fight. And you can fight without being confrontational. You can fight without getting all in their business and telling them how it is. You just stand. You just stand and defend. You stand and say, you're not getting this back here. And if there's a chance that you do, it's going to be over my dead body. Because I am standing right here. You know, the world likes to make a big joke of our marriages. Every TV show, every article, everything. Marriage doesn't matter. Marry who you want. Don't marry them. It doesn't matter. It's it's the world we live in and they want to ridicule and mock and make fun of like it's a big joke. But the Bible says that it's a very serious thing. There are people who make vows not only to the witnesses there in the pews, but to the preacher there and the one watching from above that is the most important. And you don't just make that vow to that lady or that man across from you. You're making that vow to him. I know it may seem like a little thing, but it is worth fighting for. It's just one more thing the enemy can come in and rob and try to steal and take, but it's worth fighting for. They think Christians are ludicrous. They think that we live for is beans. That's all we live for is just measly little old beans. I know they think what we are doing is a waste of our time, but you hear me tonight. I am fighting for my beans. Heard an interview from a man who was speaking of his life the other day. And he said, I will go down to the dirt fighting. If somebody comes and tries to destroy my family and my name and my reputation. He said, I have worked too hard to protect myself and my family and our name. And I am not going down without a fight if some liar is going to come and try to destroy my family and destroy my life. I'll spend every dollar I've got. I'll spend every bit of energy I've got. And I will bury myself in my own grave fighting to protect my name. 
And it moved, he wasn't a Christian. He wasn't somebody that was speaking at a church. He was a celebrity, but he was saying, I fought for this. And if he was that adamant of feeling that way about his own personal little life, that's wonderful. And that's great. I commend him for that. I wish to God we had some people that would feel the same way in the Holy Ghost that would say, I will not sit down and just let something come in and destroy my family. I'm not going to let some lie come in and destroy my reputation that I have worked too hard for. I have prayed for. I have sacrificed for and God's hand has been upon my life not because I deserved it but because he is a good God and I will not sit back and watch it all fall apart but I will stand and fight to protect it I will fight for my reputation I will fight for my family because we have worked too hard and God had paid a price that no other man could pay to redeem me this world is not only Telling us how to raise our children, but they are trying to raise our children. It wants to impose their ideas and their opinions on my children. But if I train up my child in the way they are to go, then I am brainwashing my child. The world says it's not really that big of a deal. Then I need to let them have a choice. I need to let them decide what they want to be. You hear me? If I were to ask Remington tonight what he wants to be, you want to know what he's going to say? An elephant seal. An elephant seal. He is a three-year-old boy who wants to be an elephant seal. And the world is telling me that I'm supposed to ask him what he wants to be and I'm supposed to just help pursue that with him and help him become an elephant seal, I suppose. That's what our world is telling us. That we're supposed to ask our children, the ones we're supposed to be raising, what they want to do and how they want to do it and what they want to do with their life at three years old. They don't get a choice in the womb, but magically at three years old, they are ready to make all of life's greatest decision. It's amazing. The world says that statistically more and more children and young people are leaving the church. And if they do go to church, they really have no desire to go. Even people in the church have the audacity to say things like this. We have accepted our loss with these young people. We are just going to focus on the next generation and try to win them because these young people really don't seem to have a desire. These young people don't really seem to be into it. I've, I've heard that exact statement with my own two ears. That people would look and say, well, we've, we've, we've counted our losses and, and, and really if we're going to be honest, just looking here, they're just a hill of beans. They're not really worth all that much. So so let's not worry about the lentils. Let's worry about the next thing on our land. 
But you hear me tonight. When I heard those words, I went straight to the prayer room and I began to pray for each and every one of those young people. I began to call each and every one of them by name and said, God, you are not done with them. God, I pray your hand upon them right now that you would minister to them and use them. God, I pray that you would protect them from all of those lies. I don't care who tells them that. I don't care if it's their own mommy and daddy. God, I pray your protection upon them right now. God, and I stand in the gap today and I fight on their behalf and I pray for them. That is an attitude that says they are just a hill of beans. But you hear me tonight, they are my beans. Remington, we've got a picture of him. He was my little jelly bean. That was the first picture I ever saw of my son. That the world would look at and say has no value, has no opinion, no voice, no choice. He's just the size of a little jelly bean. And from that picture forward, his nickname was Jelly Bean. If you go on Instagram and type in the search deal, Jelly Bean Long, you're going to find all kinds of pictures like this and Remington smiling and Sarah's belly and all kinds of other cool things. It's just a little bean, a little jelly bean. First time we ever saw him on that picture. But immediately that little bean-sized baby became something worth fighting for. He became something worth praying for. How our world could look at this and say that that does not matter. And it has no value, I do not understand. We have got to fight for our children. We have got to fight for our families. And I'm not just talking about our mother's rights and abortions. I'm here talking tonight about our children that are here tonight and our children that are lost. I'm talking about our babies. And mom, I don't care if your baby is four weeks old or 49 years old. Your baby is worth fighting for. Your baby is worth praying over and praying for Every single day, every moment you get down on your knees to pray, you pray for your babies. Whether they are saved or whether they are lost and give them to God. God, I dedicate them all over again every day. God, I know they're not living for you, Lord, but I put them in your hands. God, I try to talk to them, but they run further away. God, but if you could move. God, if you could sweep into their home. God, begin to stir their heart. God, begin to touch them. God, I know the price tag the world has put on them. God, I know there are people who think my children are worthless and useless, oh God. But they are my babies. God, and they are worth fighting for. 
The world may not understand. God, but I am not going to sit back with the attitude. Well, we better just accept our losses. We better just get ready that that, that whatever's going to happen, it's not going to be the outcome we want, but it, it is what it is. No, you better stand, Shama, at the lentil field and say, I am not going down without a fight. I am praying for my babies. I am believing that word of the Lord that they are coming back home and I am going to fight to the death. I'm going to pray and pray and pray and pray until they come back home. We have got to fight to protect those that are still here and declare they are worth fighting for. They are worth praying for and they are worth fasting for. If you have children and they are living for God today, you better thank God every moment you get because you are blessed. But do not think for one second it was by your efforts alone that have kept them in church. They are still in church today by the goodness of God. And parents of those with children who are lost... You hear me tonight. They are not lost because of lack of God's goodness. And they are not lost because you failed. They are lost because somewhere along life's road they were hurt. They were bruised. Someone said something to them and there was bitterness there. There was some reason that they left. There's some reason that they have never been able to come back home. While at times you may feel hopeless... And my God, I I can't even fathom that pain. I, I pray for my boys every day. And the thought of them ever leaving this truth terrifies me. And I pray, God, save my boys. Save my boys. And as I pray those prayers, I begin to think of some of you in here who I know your children are not living for God. And still you come faithfully. You lift your hands, you worship, you sing, you're involved in ministry, and I commend you for that tonight. And I pray with you tonight, because your children are worth fighting for. Brother Buddy, you don't know how many times I've heard you call your son's name in prayer, early morning prayer meeting. Papa, every time I've heard you call your children's name. Many others that have loved ones that are not living for God. You hear me? You don't ever stop praying. Don't ever just lie down and die. You fight. You fight with all that you have within you. Their salvation matters. We can all stand tonight. I have been so burdened. For the lost, I've been so burdened for the backsliders. I've been so burdened for our children. I look at some of you that I know what you're going through in the life that you're living, knowing that you've got a loved one that is lost, a spouse, a son, a daughter, a mother, a father. I do not know how you do it every day, but I thank you and I commend you. But you hear me tonight, it is worth fighting for. Eleazar, who was mentioned here right before Shammah, the Bible says in the message, that Eleazar stood his ground and killed Philistines right and left until he was exhausted. He fought until he was exhausted. But he never let go of his sword. 
He never let go. Though he was tired, he was weary, he was weak. He never gave up. He stood his ground and held on to that sword. Some of you are literally and physically and spiritually exhausted. You've given until there is no more to give. But I tell you tonight, don't let go of that sword. Do not let them take your beans. I don't care what the world has to say about them. They are worth fighting for. I certainly don't want to embarrass anybody tonight. But if you have a loved one that is lost. I want you to step out and I want you to come to the altar tonight. Son, a daughter, a brother, a sister, a mom or a dad. I want you to come to the front and I want you to look around. People coming all over. Now I want you to begin to pray and intercede. I know you've prayed, but I want you to pray again. Because they are coming home. I want you to join together right now with your family that's around you, with your brothers and sisters in Christ that are around you. Begin to pray for one another. God, right now, Lord. God, we stand, God, in this field. God, that the world has mocked. God, it's pointed its finger and laughed in our face. The enemy, Lord, has tried its best to discourage us from even mentioning our baby's name in prayer. Telling us they are too far gone. That they're not worth praying over. That they're not worth saving. Oh, I rebuke that lie tonight in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody claim it tonight. Somebody speak the authority of the Holy Ghost tonight. They're worth fighting for. My children are worth fighting for. My spouse is worth fighting for. I fight tonight. I stand tonight. I cling to my sword tonight.